We're, We're from Playing Rugby USA, and you're watching Rugby Rattle. Coming up next on Rugby Wrap-Up, the general manager of the Major League Rugby franchise in Atlanta. Rugby Wrap-Up brought to you in part by the Balanced Palette, nutrition for peak performance, and the Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street, the world's best rugby pub. Hey everybody, welcome back to Rugby Wrap-Up. Matt McCarthy at the Fantasy Sports Network, Studio 34 in New York City, celebrating our 100th week. That's right, 100 weeks, ladies and gentlemen. And we couldn't have done it without big shots like James Walker, the general manager of the new Major League franchise, the expansion team out of Atlanta, Rugby ATL. James, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Matt. Even though I was your second choice, apparently. James, what you know, what goes on in the uh, in the green room that stays in the green room. But you're the first choice today, my friend, uh, and with good reason because uh, you're uh, you're a guy that's taken an interesting pathway uh, to success in rugby in the United States. A kid from Cape Town, and I believe you went to Kennesaw State University in Georgia. Yes, I did. Many, many moons ago. How did that transpire? Well, we, we immigrated here yeah, with uh, my parents when uh, I was only 15. I uh, lived actually in New York uh, City for the first uh, almost six months of being in the United States. And then uh, my father was a uh, salesman and was down in Georgia and just fell in love with it. So we ended up down in Georgia uh, shortly thereafter and was there for uh, 10 years in Atlanta from uh, 85 to 95. Let's cut to now. You are the general manager and part owner of the Major League Rugby franchise. But, you know, to get to this point, it wasn't like you just, hey, you know, you've, you've worked your tail off. And it's something that you and I have in common in the fact that we are both um, – lunatics when it comes to our passion for rugby in the United States. Tell us about your path. It's, uh, it was actually pretty interesting. I, I got into coaching uh, kind of despite myself. I got injured um, in my early 30s, and uh, I was playing for a DT club out of Los Angeles called Oxy Old Boys. And when I got injured, the boys asked me if I would step up and, and coach. It was one of those situations, you know, one of those clubs where it didn't really have much in the way of leadership. At the time, we were between coaches. I stepped up and coached, and I had some success. Um, went to some national championship games. Uh, got seen by the guys over at Belmont Shore. Some of their boys came and played with me. And one thing led to another. Next thing, I was at Belmont Shore uh, for many years, uh, president of that club for uh, five, six years and just had a lot of success there. And due to that success, we decided to start up Tiger Rugby uh, because I felt like there wasn't enough opportunity for boys in the United States to test themselves against the best. I was doing pretty well financially at the time uh, with an IT company that I was running and used some of those funds to start Tiger and uh, start taking boys uh, around the world, competing tournaments around the world. In fact, our first tournament that we competed in was in uh, South Africa at the Mandela Sevens against the Springbok, and we almost walked away with a win. Uh, we were up with a couple of minutes left on the clock, and they came back and beat us. Now, that was the seven Springboks, not the 15 Springboks, for obvious right, reasons. Right, right, right. But So Tiger Rugby, for the folks at home that don't know, is an academy where players can go to train and become better players. But you also have 1823, if I'm not mistaken, and, and it was a merger with you and 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 uh paul holmes correct correct yeah 1823 we've kind of rebranded as our 
our development, our young development pathway. Uh, so quite literally, 1822 the year that rugby was founded. But also for us, stands for players between 18 and 23 years old. So they will go on a different kind of set of tours that we would do with uh, than we would do necessarily with our uh, senior boys and girls. All right, let's get to the present. And before we get yeah. into the the rugby operations or the the players and the and the, the competition on the field, let's talk about the name because people out side of Atlanta might not be familiar what the name is and why it is. So why don't you explain it? I'm going to say the word yes. is a couple of more times. Yeah, so I've, I've got a little bit of stick from people about the name. Um, people that live in Atlanta actually refer to Atlanta as the ATL. So because this team is more about them and not necessarily about uh, the folks outside as much as it is about our Atlanta uh, fans, uh, we named the team for the city that they live in, uh, Rugby ATL. Now, that said, it doesn't mean we're not going to have mascots uh, down the line, but we just felt like we wanted to involve our fans. So, you know, I know there's a lot of people that don't like it. I think they'll get used to it. I know um, we use some of the same marketing agencies that uh, uh, Atlanta United used, and they went through, I think, something like 123 names. And out of those 123 names, the top one only got 17, 17% buy-in or something that crazy like that. So it's a tough one. It's one of those things where you're just not going to make anyone happy uh, ever. So you just have to take a name and stick with it. I do think that um, it'll grow on people, but also think that, that there will be some uh, mascots or the like um, coming uh, organically through our fan base. Admittedly, I was one of those guys that was scratching my head about the name, but it's actually grown on me. And I was the same way with Rugby United New York, and then that grew on me and the acronym Rooney. They went through a whole season without an official mascot. They've got the Roosters unofficially that the players started calling themselves based on the acronym Rooney, Rugby United New York. But now you guys, you got rattlesnakes, so maybe the Rattlers. But it does seem to me that it would be a lost merchandising op to go through a season without an official mascot. Yeah, listen, I think there's many ways to... Skin a cat. Um, you know, we have our, uh, I would say, our development side uh, that's going to be playing in the ARP this fall. Um, that's called the 404. Uh, now, that probably sounds like a silly name to a lot of people as well. We like it because 404 is the Atlanta area code, and we want those boys that are playing on that team to feel like that they have something that they can, um, you know, pin their flag to uh, to the mast. So, so we actually do like the name, uh, but. We do have already a, a pretty pretty significant growing fan base down here um, that has been interacting with us, and, and we do feel like we can give them the opportunity to come up with a name. Now, there's been some cute names on on Reddit and other social media um, avenues that, that we we are watching and we're aware of. We also see people complaining about the name, but all we ask is just give us a chance. Um, it's still very, very early days, and uh, there's a million and one jobs to do. So... Uh, so, yeah, there, there are the little snacks down here, but we're not going to be the snacks. All right, you mentioned a million and one jobs. As the general manager and, and having a piece of the team as an owner, you're doing a million jobs, and you're wearing a lot of hats. But let's talk, yep. about, let's talk about the rugby. If your team right now was to start in the league tomorrow, how would they fare against the rest of the league? Um. If we tomorrow without a preseason, I think we'd struggle for a couple of games, but then we'd, we'd we'd be fine. But no, no. In all seriousness, we we feel very confident about what we've built here. I know we haven't made a lot of announcements. We we just not those kind of guys. We we'd rather do the hard yards and then make the announcements once the boys land here. Um, I, I think we've got a really really exciting young team of American players. Uh, we've been working very very hard on that. 
on that front. We're not going to be doing any big name, major big name signings like some of the other clubs have done. Uh, we just want young, hard, honest drafters, and and we feel the same way about the few um, foreign players that are coming in. But no, no, we feel we feel extremely comfortable with what what we got, and um, I think we're going to be able to, to upset some people next year. Our goal is to, to be competing for the league championship um, within three years. Okay, so you're not looking at um, maybe the patience of an Austin elite going 0-16 in the hopes of building the future. You guys are are, are looking at a, a faster track. But you mentioned big names coming over. And you had, this year we had Joe Peterson, we had Ben Foden, we had the announcement that Matthew Bester-Hoyle will be joining Rugby United New York next year. Samu Munoa came in late in the season for the Seattle Seawolves. Now Stefan Armitage and Dominic Day are going to be with San Diego. And yep. one big name is leaving, and I just found this out. Patty Ryan, the Aussie Patty Ryan, he of the 105 yep. caps in Super Rugby, is now going to be playing the next two seasons in Japan. So when I put it out there, I was about to interview him, and literally he got a text as we were recording, and he was told he couldn't do any media. So that was that. We kidded about you being the second choice, but I had to put it out there on the internet to ask people if they had questions for Patty. And of course, Paul the Cactus Emmerich, the interim coach of the Houston Sabercats, when it came on and asked a question on Twitter, he said, well, ask him about how the um, San Diego Legion are dealing with the salary, salary cap with all these international stars. You know, it was kind of, you know, tongue in cheek, sort of, but not really. Um, how are you going to deal with the salary cap potential issues going forward and international stars coming in and out? Listen, I think, um, you know, I know for, for me and my team, um, you know, Rob Lawrence and um, Kevin McCorry's been helping us as the VP of operations. We've, uh, we've really put a lot of thought and effort into how we want to um, deal with the salary cap and where we want to spend money, where we don't want to spend money. And uh, we've got a very clear strategy uh, that we think will win for us. Uh, that said, I'm actually delighted to see that there's guys like uh, Buster joining the league. I think it's good for all of us. I think we've got to trust, you know, the uh, our business partners essentially in um, in the MLR that they're doing the right thing. Again, many different ways to skin a cat. For us, uh, it's just not a direction that we want to go at this point. I, I don't think that there's enough um, knowledgeable uh, rugby fans that would really care whether we, you know, whether we hire a uh, Bastero, or whether it's just a young American guy from North Carolina, I uh, I think we're going to win the fans over with the boys that are from here. It's, it's it's one thing we actually prided ourselves on at Tiger Rugby is that when we started, we didn't have a bunch of international uh, USA Rugby Eagle internationals, and now when I look through over the years, all the guys that have come through the doors, it seems like you know we were good because we always had all these internationals, but no. We created these internationals, and I think you know with coaches like Scott Lawrence, Nessie Malifa, um, you know, and, and the team that we've assembled here to bring the players through, we will be competitive, and we will be bringing more talent into the national rank. All right, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Mr. James Walker after this. If you're in New York City and want to watch some great rugby, have some great food, and some great times, go to the world's best rugby pub. The Pig and Whistle on West 36th Street. 
everybody, Matt McCarthy back here at the Fantasy Sports Network studio talking to James Walker, the GM of Rugby ATL. James, you've got different types of owners in the league and t- different types of general managers or directors of rugby. Some are more hands-on than others. Some are more handsy, if you will. Like uh, you got a bunch of owners in Seattle, the two-time champions, but you got basically Adrian Balfour and Shane Skinner running the operation. In New York, you've got James Kennedy, the Irish owner. He's basically hands-on as an owner. What's your organization like? So we have a primary investor at the point, um, Marcus Calloway from uh, Calloway Title and Loan. Uh, then he has um, our president and CEO is a gentleman by the name of Bob Taylor. Uh, they've known each other for many, many years. Uh, he's heading up the organization, uh, putting all the back office uh, together. But Marcus very much trusts Bob and the team that Bob's assembled to get the job done. Checks in with us, you know, once a, once every week or a um, couple of days a, a week, just to make sure that everything is moving in the right direction. But um, not hands-on from the sense that he's uh, controlling the allows the team that he's assembled to do the job that they've been uh, organized to do. Yeah, it sounds like you have a pretty good organization down there, the, from ownership right through uh, the ranks. And it also seems like your fellow expansion teams, the New England Free Jacks and the Washington, D.C. Old Glory, also have good ownership groups. And those two squads have created some synergy overseas. They have uh, the Free Jacks had, had the Cara Cup, where they have the Irish provinces. And then you have uh, the Old Glory squad or organization working with the Scottish Rugby Union. Now, some would argue that you guys don't have any of that and that you'd be at a disadvantage, but you do have Tiger Rugby. Yeah, we have, well, we have Tiger Rugby. We have, um, we also have obviously Scott Lawrence, who's coached at the national level for the US. Uh, we've got Black Bradford, who's coached um, All Americans, um, you know, which is, which gives us a lot of insight into a lot of young players. Um, you know, my, my and, and, and my business partner, Paul Holmes, has contact all over the world, South Africa, obviously, lots of contacts there, New Zealand, all over Europe, UK. I've, as you know, I've worked very closely with the folks from Premiership Rugby for many years. So it's all about building those networks, you know, and we've, we've really worked really hard at building those networks over the course of the last uh, decade and a half. So we feel very confident that we're uh, right in there in the mix with, uh, with anyone. You, we talked a little bit off camera in the pre-interview about things like the draft and trades and loans. Is there a draft in the works or? Yeah, there was, there was, there is a draft in the works, a collegiate draft in the works, which will probably be a bit more fleshed out by next season, uh, by next year. This year, we, you know, there was a little bit of uh, leeway given to expansion teams to, to uh, put a few names on, on paper of, of young collegiate guys that they would like to try to come to terms with. Um, we felt like we did pretty well in that. Um, then there was an expansion draft where uh, the, all the current teams were able to, 15 players, uh, which opened up presumably all the other players uh, for us to to try to come to terms with. Now, obviously, if you got a guy like let's say uh, you know a Mikey Teo or something like that, he's not going to leave one of my boys, but he's not going to leave San Diego. You know, you could choose to protect him or not protect him, knowing that he's not going to leave anyway. So I think there's a lot of strategy and tactics to be played out there. Um, but it was good; it worked out well. Um, and I think next year that, you know, again, we may have one of the expansion teams coming in. Um, but, but I think it worked out well. I, I think the collegiate draft is going to be the interesting one. The tough, the tough thing to, to remember here is, is that we have, again, we've got a very thick salary cap of uh, $500,000. Sounds like a lot of money. 
So when you try to do 30 to 35 players on the side of the farmers, right? It goes, it goes quickly. It really does. I mean, you guys grow a lot of peanuts down in Georgia, but you're not feeding elephants. <laughs> yeah, that's that's for sure. Yeah, we're not we, we're uh, we're not paying exactly peanuts, but we're not making anyone rich on their uh, on their rugby salaries. All right, so we know for the most part that not everybody's going to get rich playing Major League Rugby out of the gate here in the first three to five years or whatever. But players can move about, and we're talking about trades. And, and you, ha- you yep. can actually trade a player, but you can also trade foreign player slots, right? There's talk about uh, being able to trade salary cap overheads, uh, foreign player slot. Um, you know, being really creative about how we do business with between the teams. So uh, whether teams have done that or not yet, I'm not aware of it, but um, I am in, in touch with a lot of the GMs and obviously talking about uh, various players. Some want to just move because they want to be close to the family. Um, you know, there's the call home clause where if you have a player who's say from Atlanta, I could go to a team. In fact, we're dealing with right now. Um, I won't name his name because it's, it hasn't been finalized yet, but we could go to a team and say, hey, Utah, we'd like to say Joe Blow needs to come back to Atlanta. Um, would you please release him? So one one player per team. There's lots of really interesting things going on in the background. I think it's going to really spice up the league. Um, well, just from my perspective, the trade aspect of it would be, since these guys aren't getting millions of dollars, a move from one city to the next is going to be a challenge. So if you've got a guy that's... Yes. Okay, you're getting traded to Rugby United New York, for instance. It's going to be a little bit more expensive than Salt Lake City. Correct. Let's say it's making 15 grand in Atlanta, which is a, a low cost city compared to, to most. And he's got to go to New York City on a 15 grand salary. What are you going to get for 15K in New York, right? But subway I, I, I subway that, card. <laughs> yeah. You can go sleep on Steve Lewis's card, right? <laughs> That's a crowded couch to begin with, but that's a whole nother segment. That's a, that's a whole that different a whole animal. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we're running out of time, unfortunately, but how about loans? You guys had loaned a player to Rugby United New York. Yeah. So essentially what amounted to our number one draft pick is a uh, player by the name of Chance Wongluski out of Lindenwood. We think he's going to be uh, a star for the future for the Eagles. Uh, we're very excited about him, but when he came out of school last year, there was still a few months of the of the MLR season left. So we learned him to rugby United in New York. Um, and we definitely believe in collaboration between the teams. So we learned him out there. Uh, win-win for everybody. Uh, Rooney obviously really enjoyed having him there, uh, by all accounts. Uh, but more importantly, for, for uh, Coach uh, Lawrence and myself and Coach Bradford, we could see how he would go in the MLR under live fire. And, uh, we felt he did extremely well. So now we know we've got a player that's coming in uh, next season to rugby ATL, and he's already got some experience in the MLR. He's going to be ready to fire. So I think there'll be a little bit more of that happening. Um, hopefully there's another couple of expansion teams coming next year. I, I'm not sure what's been finalized here or not, but, but uh, I think there will be some more of the loan process going on too. Just from a merchandising standpoint, uh, Chance has got great hair. He's got that mullet thing going. It's like a Chris Bowman... Uh, incarnate, and I, I could just see fans wearing those wigs in the stands. But uh, before we go, how much will this team change between right now and your kickoff next year? Um, I would say to you that we are probably 85% of the way there as far as our signings go. 
Um, we're deliberately leaving some uh, positions open. Or Owen Farrell. Have... <laughs> uh, Owen Farrell with the old shoulder charge. No, or Andy uh, Farrell. Are you guys signing Andy Farrell? <laughs> probably, probably more like it, yeah. But uh, um, no, we, we, we're leaving a few positions open because we do want to give the guys an opportunity to play their way into the team through our ARP squad, the 404. And remember, we actually, we're fortunate because we have two ARP teams. We have life. Uh, men's team and 404 so we have two vehicles to uh to test players out so we're very fortunate in that regard and i i know that you know some players have actually moved into, into the region and here's a call out to any any player that feels they want to come down and and come play for us in the 404 uh this fall preseason starts in august and um all they need to do is get a hold of of me um at james at rugbyatl.com and let us know if you're interested in coming and uh, if you fit the criteria, we can get you uh, get you in there, get you playing, and, and see if you can play your way into the team. And they'll be playing on the home field that is? Uh, there is. I, I, I thought I was going to be able to announce you uh, where we're playing our, our matches next year, but suffice it to say it's a university on the north side of Atlanta. That is rugby-centric, this university? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe? All right, well... Such is life that we don't get answers and exclusives on this show, right? Uh, I, I suppose you could say that, yes. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, again, you know, this is show 100, week week 100. We've had other segments, so it's more than 100 segments, but it's week 100 of the show, and it's because of the people in this country that are actually embracing the game. The game is growing. You've seen it. You're You're a perfect example of the hard work that one has to put in to get ahead, but you've done the hard work, and I'm happy to have you. And, and you know, it's, it's aside from guys like us, three younger people from Play Rugby USA are here helping us, and it's because of that group and groups like those kids and those, those younger players that America is embracing rugby, and it's a great time for it. Yeah, Matt, I just want to remind you of the one thing that you promised um, if I came on the show that you'd be able to talk uh, Corbs out of retirement to come play for us this season. Is that still going to happen? Yeah, I've got two of your front row next year are going to, along with Chance, to just some veteran leadership. I've got Kias Lensing and Alex Corbicero going to be joining your front row next year. Lovely. And presumably Stephen Lewis in the centers? S- Steve is more of a scrum half now. We're moving, you know, he's, he's always been you know, a pesky kind of guy, but we'll put him at nine. He's not as mobile as, a, as he was to play fly half. But um, they, they, they made a prerequisite that they wanted to play with the guy that looked like Jason Bace, Jason Bateman and Russell Crowe. Beautiful, yeah. Steve, Steve might not be as mobile, but he's definitely shiftier than ever, isn't he? He is. He is. The lizard yeah. is slithering about. Anyway, uh, thank you, my friend. And um, what place are you going to come in next year? Um, we are going to be in the playoffs next year. That's, that's our goal. How many teams are in the playoffs next year? I believe there are going to be, the talk is six. The four right. or six, I don't I have to look. It's been a long day. All right, it's been a long day, but it will be soon enough before ATL. Rugby ATL is kicking off in Major League Rugby in the playoffs. You heard it, you heard it here first on Rugby Wrap-Up. Mr. James Walker, the general manager of the squad. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Look forward to seeing you soon. All right, buddy. On behalf of Mr. James Walker, I am Matt McCarthy for Rugby Wrap-Up here at the Fantasy Sports Network Studio 34 in New York City, signing off.